The youth pastors, 12% of them. (laughs) 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 Okay. The study found that 12%. (laughs) The study found that 12% of youth pastors (laughs) Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast, Digging Deeper with Mandy and Erica. I'm Mandy. And I'm Erica. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We here at Digging Deeper like to dig deeper into the Bible, learn it, understand it, and then share it with you guys. Erica has all 10 of her Bibles here today. How many more you got? That's it for now. I don't know anybody that needs that many Bibles. I mean, you know me though. I do know you. (laughs) Um, before we get started, um, we just want to say shout out to two friends today. Um, Mandy, since we, I guess not since we started, but since we met these two people mm-hmm. and they found out we had a podcast ever since then, they've been watching yeah. our podcasts and they always get back to us with encouraging words <sighs> yes. all the time. And, yes. um, man, we just really appreciate all of you who have encouraged us in the, in the past, um, but we want to say a special shout out today to Kim and Rod, who we love very much. Um, we know that you guys are going through something right now, and we just want you to know that we are thinking about you, and we are praying for you, and we cannot wait to see you again back in church. Yes. We just really appreciate you guys and all your uh, encouragement and yeah. the kind words that you say to us and everything. We just really appreciate it, and we miss you guys. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah. So, hope you guys are doing well, and we'll see you soon. Yes. Okay, so Mandy, what are we talking about today? We are finally, (laughs) finally on the last question of our eight-question questionnaire of a biblical worldview. (laughs) The back to the basics. Yes. Can you just remind us what that whole series was about? I'm going to try. It's been so long. (laughs) So we we found information, right, about um, biblical worldviews, and it, there was a study done from... It was the Arizona... Arizona. Something. University. university. We didn't pull it up, sorry. Yeah. Or bad guys. So the studies show that 12% of youth pastors hold a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. So that's sad. And then... <laughs> pastors that stand on the pulpit each week 13 percent of them have a biblical worldview yeah so that's not very good for us (laughs) no and that survey um had eight questions in it yes so the idea was the survey would ask the participants those eight questions and if they said yes to all of them that meant they had a biblical worldview but if they said no to even one of them i guess right i would assume yeah they didn't really have a biblical worldview, even though they may have thought that they did. Yeah. So because of this, those results were so shocking because these are the pastors. If anyone should have a biblical worldview, it should, it should be, be them. the pastors. Yes. We went through all eight of those questions and we, we asked the question, where is this in the Bible? Yes. And so now we're on the very last one. Do you want to read it? Uh-huh. <clears throat> is the Bible accurate in all of its teachings? So we're going to take it one step further because there's a, we, we want to talk about it a little bit more. 
So the question we're answering today is, is the Bible accurate, reliable, and relatable to us today? Can I trust the Bible to guide my life in today's society? So that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, Mandy, in the last seven of these, we phrased it as where in the Bible does it say that? Mm -hmm. So we kind of have a weird situation here. We do. The question we're really answering is, does the Bible say of itself that it's accurate, reliable, and relatable, and trustworthy for all society Mm -hmm. of all time? Right? Right. Okay. Some people would call that circular reasoning, though. Yeah? Yeah. Explain that. Well, they would say, oh, you say the Bible's trustworthy because it says it's so. And it kind of is circular reasoning. (laughs) A little bit. It can be because some people genuinely want to know why is the Bible true? And they're looking for outside, they're looking for evidence outside of the Bible. And there's plenty of that. And that's like a whole nother discussion. I think we're going to maybe just say a few brief things for those people who want to know those things. But I think primarily we are focusing on what the Bible says about itself regarding this issue. So my question to you would be, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be accurate or reliable or relatable today? Well, for one, Satan rules this world. So he's working all the time through all different people um, in different ways um, to attack the authority of Scripture. That's what he did in Genesis with Eve. Did God really say? But that manifests itself in so many different ways. I mean, you have anywhere from atheists saying you know, the Bible contradicts itself, things like that. Why would you even trust it? All the way up to pastors standing up in pulpits every Sunday saying things like, the Bible has some errors in it. Or they say things like, this was, this particular section of text pertained to a certain culture that we just don't live in anymore. Or they're just trying to reinterpret the scripture. Hmm. So you put all that together and it's kind of no surprise that that a lot of people today aren't really sure if the Bible's accurate or relatable. That just makes me think, thank God we have the pastor that we have. Mm-hmm. Because he trusts the Bible 100% and he preaches the Bible 100%. He doesn't leave anything out and he doesn't add to it. He doesn't do his own thing. He follows the will of God and what God's directing him in through the Bible. Amen and amen. If you need a pastor like that, come on over to the bridge. Can I just say something about my own personal story growing up? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I was raised in a church. I mean, and not just we went on Sunday. My family was there Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. I mean, we were completely involved in the church. In fact, the church's phone number was one digit off from our home phone phone (laughs) number. And I knew the church's phone number. My dad was president of the congregation and like we had all these titles how do you be a president of the congregation i don't know but he was it okay (laughs) um (laughs) so we were definitely really involved in a church and and we called ourselves christians we thought we were we didn't know any better but you know what what in hindsight looking back i don't think i was ever a christian Mm mm-hmm and I'll talk a little bit more about that. So when I, I I moved away when I was 18 years old, I went off to college for four years. And after that, I moved even further away to another state for three years. So 
when I was 18, I stopped going to that church and honestly didn't really feel a need to go back to church at all. I kind of had it down pat, you know, why did I need to go to a church? Um, but then I, for some reason, God obviously is the reason when I was living in Michigan, I decided that I should go to a church. And so made my way to this church that was 45 minutes away down this dirt road little white church and i just thought i got this down pat i know the church life and you know i walk the walk i talk the talk i get it so i walk in nonchalantly and this place is packed and i'm like why are there so many people here? but whatever <laughs> right so i sit down and this guy gets on stage you know they sing a few songs but then this guy comes up on stage and he's got these big white tennis shoes on and his jeans and his t-shirt. Were they dad shoes? <clears throat> no, they were like um, the skateboarder shoes. Ah, gotcha. You know, like, yeah. the, like you wouldn't, like were a pastor didn't wear those, right? Where right. was his suit? Where was his tie? Where was his <laughs> robe and that thing? <laughs> That's the church I grew up oh, in. Oh, with the re the pat the pa no. reverends they were called reverends they put on the robes and that you never thing. told me that yes. before yes erica <laughs> what's that thing that hangs around their neck though i don't know so, but i know what you're talking about it, it has two crosses on it and then yes. dangles at yes. the bottom oops that was that that oh, you know so i'm erica. like that's what a pastor wears where's the organ in this church oh erica yeah <laughs> How'd you never tell me that I, before? I don't know. I probably tried to get it out of my mind. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. But that's what I grew up knowing. I thought that's what church was. I thought it was literally just a series of traditions. You came in and did this every Sunday at this time, and then you left, and that was it. And that made you a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to find out that that was not at all what church is. So back to the story. I sat down at church. This guy comes up. He looked like he was only like five, ten years older than me. And he looked like a bad kid. Like, he looked like a skateboarding punk that should be out on the street. I'm like, what is this kid doing up here, you know? But he's holding a Bible. <laughs> like, what's going on? So anyway, I sit down in this church. This kid with the Bible stands up on the stage. And he says, I'm going to talk today about a subject that I get asked probably the most questions about so i'm going to answer them now on the stage and he said i'm going to talk about suicide today and he said that mandy and i was like you can't say that in church you can't talk about that is he talking about that like i was in shock and he's like is it a sin to commit suicide and will you go to hell if you commit suicide what was his answer so it was not just that he answered it, Manny. He pulled up this Bible he was holding. He's like, let's flip here. And he read it, the Bible, the authoritative word of God. And he explained what it meant. And he answered the questions by flipping through scripture and letting scripture answer it. Wow. And I could not believe that the Bible was relevant like that. I couldn't believe that you could find answers about today's problems in the Bible. I'd never seen that before, even growing up in a church. Wow. I'd never seen that. And I was so shocked. Like, I could see the the power of the Bible for the first time in my life. Just the way that he just spoke authoritatively. And then at that time, when he was finished with the sermon, he would say that was it. He'd pray. And that was it. Everyone just stood up to leave. There was no more singing or anything. So he prayed. And then I just started seeing everyone standing up all around me. It was like I was in a different world. 
they were start people around me were talking to each other about where they were going to go get lunch and i'm like did you guys hear what he did don't didn't you hear like how's is anyone else like thinking that this is like i don't know this was crazy to me uh, yeah and like that literally changed my entire life from that moment on i had a hunger to know what that word said after that i needed to know but anyway i will answer those questions for you i won't go to the bible like he did which was what you should do but um is it a sin to commit suicide yes it is because you're taking someone's life even if it's your own will you go to hell not if you're saved because god died jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins and that's one of them Hmm. so if you've been if you were saved and then you committed suicide you will still go to heaven hmm. unless you unless you died in your sin unfortunately you won't so that's just a little bit of my testimony and i'm sure i'm not the only one you know i'm sure there's a lot of people who grew up going to church with their parents um but it was more of just like a traditional thing and especially in this area where we have catholicism heavy yeah can i just say real fast though when you go to church it's so important to bring your own bible with you because when the pastor is preaching like in the scriptures are up on the overhead or wherever that they have them usually or you have it on your phone that's so impersonal when you have your own bible you can take it and then you can underline or write the things down that you learn and then you can go back to that later you know it's so important to have your own physical bible in church with you to learn from and then you know exactly where everything is on each page and then you can just flip right to it like erica does all the time yeah, the more you read it, the more you start remembering exactly like where on the page it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Agreed. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying that um, even Catholics, I mean, that's a really good example too. I mean, just people that grow up basically worshiping a tradition. This is what we, our family does. This is what we do. This is how the service goes. But a lot of those churches, like, I mean, how, like, for me, for example, like, how do I go to a church for 18 years <laughs> and just, like, we never talk about the Bible? <laughs> I don't know if you could answer this question or not, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Sure. And I think I've asked you this before, but it was about other people, but I'm going to put this on you. Okay. If you would have died in that church, do you think you would have went to heaven or do you think you would have went to hell? That's a hard question to answer, isn't it's it? It's really, really hard. Because you think you're doing all the right things. You think you are a Christian, but looking back on it now, you yourself said that you wasn't. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would have went to heaven? I don't think so. Oh, that's a hard pill to swallow. It you is. Know? Yes, definitely. 100%. That's so sad. Because how many Christians out there, Christians think that they're Christians, but they're really not, that might end up in hell because of what their church is teaching them, yeah. which is nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really sad uh, thing. Yeah. It's really sad because I know some of the, the girls that were my age that I was friends with. Mm. Like, I see them through social media now sometimes, and I see where their life is, the path they're on looked exactly like mine before I got saved, you know, but they haven't been saved. Mm. And they also don't know they're not saved. Hmm. <clears throat> and my heart, well, number one, my heart breaks for them. And number two, I always just go back to why God, 
because ultimately coming to Christ, and I don't know exactly how it works, no one does, but part of us coming to Christ is Christ putting it in our heart to come to him. Mm-hmm. There's, we we literally can't do it on our own. Right. That's why it's so important to pray for other people. But anyway, like why me? Hmm. There's a group of us girls, same age, same experiences, but I was saved. Hmm. And maybe they will be in the future. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, it's a scary thing. And I think a lot of people have that story um, that they just went to church. And when they got older, they just stopped going to church because there's really no benefit to it. There's really no point. If you would have asked me at that time, did Jesus die on the cross? I would have said, yes, he did. Is Jesus God? I would say, yes, he is. And then if you said, well, why did Jesus die on the cross? And I'd been like, he had to, like, he, like, I don't know. Or like, why are you saved? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to answer that because mm-hmm. I really didn't know. They never told us that part, <laughs> you know, um, and every message was just about peace and love and social justice. And you just try to be a nice person. And that was, that's what makes you a Christian. It was just literally 18 years of the same exact thing. And, it, and they would just use encouraging secular stories i mean to just make you feel good about humanity and about yourself that's all it was and they might grab a verse from scripture that's like do unto others as you would have them do to yourself and that was literally the whole message it's awful so anyway that's why we're doing this podcast today and it's so important for us to talk about this today because the bible is living the bible is holy the bible is accurate reliable trustworthy and relatable and it's a firm foundation for our every decision thought and action that we should make in life so but before we dig into that i said at the beginning that some people are not okay with us just doing the circular reasoning proving why the bible is accurate by going to the bible itself so do you think you could give us just a real quick simple overview of evidence existing outside of the bible proving why the bible is trustworthy i'm gonna try my best okay (laughs) so historically speaking the bible has the most surviving copies of any ancient documents to put its test to put its text to the test for variance or for corruption there are around twenty-four thousand manuscripts from all over the ancient world and they have all these manuscripts and they put it against the Bible and it just lines up. Yeah, I read somewhere that they were n- nearly identical and like 99% of the errors they found were just slight misspellings. Yes. <clears throat> there was n- literally, in, what, 24,000 manuscripts? Yep. There was no doctrinal difference in any of them. And you're talking about manuscripts that have been found in different parts of the world from different uh time periods Mm -hmm. but it all lined up with the whenever they would take it back to the time periods of the bible they lined it up and it was what it it was correct yeah it matched everything in the bible from that time period matched everything that was written down in these manuscripts it's crazy yeah so then um can i just put that in context for a second yeah that so the Bible is a collection of 66 
ancient books, we'll just say. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's 24,000 copies of them, you know. And if, and if the, for the people who are like, but it's still an ancient doc document, how can you know that what was then, what was then, then is the same now? Mm -hmm. To put it in context, the most surviving copies we have of any of the ancient literature, I think the most is what, like a hundred some, 200 some? It's something crazy. Mm -hmm. But most of the ancient literature that we see the only copies or the the maximum number of copies they have is usually around like 11, 20, 24. But when we talk about the text of scripture, it's 24,000. <laughs> so, you know, if you choose to disbelieve the Bible because it's just so old, by logic, you must disbelieve every ancient text that you read, everything from history class, you have to just disregard it. I don't think disbelieve is a word, but I'm using it. You have to disregard it. <laughs> Because there's so much more of the Bible than anything else. Do you think that's a coincidence that there's more of anything of the Bible than there is anything else ancient? No, I don't think that's a coincidence at nah, all. That's God. Yes. Like it's so plain. <laughs> yeah. But then there's some that just question it. But is it Satan? Because Satan is the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. To go one step further from the ancient, am I even saying it right? I don't know if ancient, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Those manuscripts, there's eyewitnesses and there's counts of it in the Bible. Right. So my question again is, how can you say it is not true and accurate and applicable for today? Because if there's eyewitnesses of accounts that was written that makes it accurate and reliable, uh, here's just a few. First John 1, 1 through 4, 2 Peter 1, 16, Luke 1, 1 through 4, 1 John chapter 2, verse 7, 13, chapter 3, verse 8, and then 2 John 6, Acts 1, 21 through 22, um, that's the qualification of being an apostle. You had to be an eyewitness, see Jesus walking on earth to be mm -hmm. an apostle. And then Peter tells um, his listeners that witnesses who follow Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem are still alive and are testing about, testifying about his resurrection. His apostles were eyewitnesses. Some of the books in the New Testament... <laughs> Are, are the apostles, and they are eyewitnesses to exactly what happened and can testify that it is true and it really did happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let me just add this to that, is that these books were written making a claim about an event that happened mm -hmm. in the lifetime of all the people who witnessed the event. So if they were making something up or lying about it, all these people would have been up in arms saying that's never happened. Right. That's not true. That's not what we saw. Yes. But you don't have any documentation of that because what because it was true. Yes. Yes. 